Friends, it is good to be with you tonight on this uh, sacred night. If I've never met you, my name is Jake, and tonight I get to be your host. Uh, for many of us, we have heard the Christmas story before. Uh, maybe you even read it before you came here, or maybe you're planning to read it to your kids before you go to bed tonight. Uh, but we've, most of us have heard the story of Mary in the manger and of, of the shepherds um, and, you know, the host of angels and the wise men and the generous gifts they gave of gold and incense and myrrh. And although we don't quite know what Joseph and Mary did with that gold, um, and we have no clue what myrrh is, um, <laughs> this is a familiar story. It is a beautiful story that we get to retell every single year. And so tonight, instead of simply retelling the story, uh, what I'd like to do as most as possible is to give you the sacred story from a different perspective. Tonight, what we'd like to do is we'd like to share Christmas from the perspective of an individual that is tucked away in a small blink if you miss it passage found in Luke chapter two that you may have never noticed before. The, the guy's name is Simeon. His name is Simeon. And you're not gonna find Simeon in the nativity scene. But if you've ever felt nameless or obscure, or you ever felt overlooked or even forgotten, then tonight it is likely that you will relate to Simeon's story. If you've ever felt like you've been waiting for something, if you've ever felt like you've been waiting for a dream to come true or for a promise to be fulfilled or even just for hope to kind of like re-enter the equation of your life, then tonight uh, you probably relate to the story of Simeon. Truth is, we don't know a whole lot about him. Nothing much outside of what Luke says in his gospel, but Luke uh, mentioned him, therefore he is extremely important. Scholars believe that he was most likely and probably a scribe, that he grew up as a little boy reading the Torah or God's law um, at a young age. And so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to set up this story, this Christmas story from Simeon's perspective by reading Luke chapter two, verse one. And so I'll read it. Here we go. At the time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to, the, to Bethlehem in Judea and David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged and who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now this is the point at Christmas time where we stop reading. But what's crazy is that the story continues and this is where we start to learn about a man named Simeon. Verse 21. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Yeshua, Jesus, the name given to him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for the purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's 
firstborn child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And so there we learn two turtle doves. That's where that comes from, from that ridiculously repetitive song, the 12 days of Christmas right there. At that time, there was a man, this is our man, in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He, speaking of Jesus, is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. And so tonight, let's begin our story looking at Simeon as a boy. What I'd like to do is go back in time and join Simeon as he begins his journey. some point in young Simeon's life, he uh, received a promise, a promise from God that he would one day see the Messiah before he died, before he passed away, before he kicked the bucket, he would be able to lay eyes physically on the coming Christ. That was the promise that was given to Simeon at a young, young age. Uh, For Israel, for generations, Simeon's people had been waiting, they had been waiting and they had been praying and they had been praying and they had been waiting and they had been hoping for liberation to come and prophets predicted, they promised, they prophesied that a king, a king would rise up from within them and would come and would free them from their tribulation. They would free them from their oppressors. And Simeon, even as a boy, knew these prophecies. Even as a boy, he knew what God had promised. He knew about the predicted king, and he knew about Emmanuel. And he knew what that word meant. It meant God with us. Guys, isn't it crazy? Isn't it funny and nuts how in just a second, time flies, in a snap of a finger, truly a decade has passed. It feels like that. And maybe you remember a time when you were a child when something 
you know, seeing something that made you hope for something more or feeling something that made you hope for something better. Simeon carried this promise all of his life that he would one day see the promised Messiah, that he would one day see God. He would one day see Emmanuel. He was banking on it and his whole life pivoted on that promise. Friends, I believe in God. I do. Not just because I'm a pastor. I have dedicated my life to following him. I believe there is a God and God made us in his image and he made you in his image and he made you with care and he made you with love. And the Bible says that when he made us, he put eternity into our hearts. He put eternity into our hearts and that God speaks to us through his creation and through a still, small voice. A still, small voice. God whispers. He whispers. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You understand this still, small voice. Voice. You can't explain it, but late at night when you lay your head on the pillow and it's, it's nighttime and the craziness of the day has ceased and it's quiet and you can actually think. It's at that point you're aware of that yearning. You're aware of that holy discontent. You're aware that there has got to be something more to this life than just what we can see. That voice that you hear late at night, that is the Holy Spirit. And that is the same spirit that promised Simeon that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. That was the same spirit that is still speaking to us today. And it is the same spirit that is speaking to some of you in this moment. I believe that. And if that's the case, here's my advice. Don't blow it off, right? Don't shove it to the side. Don't push it away. Don't ignore it. In fact, what I would say is lean into it. Lean in and listen to what that voice had to say. That's exactly what Simeon did. And so let's jump back, right? It's much later now. Back to Simeon's story. Much later, 30 years past that time, he is no longer a little boy studying the Torah. In fact, he is a man. He's a full-grown man waiting and clinging to the promise that someday he would literally see his salvation. But in the meantime, like so many of us, he is forced to wait. And so the question is, what do you do when you are waiting? Isn't it ironic that we spend so much of our lives waiting and wishing? When we're little, uh, we can't wait to grow up, right? We can't wait to be older. We can't wait to get our driver's license. We can't wait to graduate and we can't wait to get out of the house. And then when we're older, what do we do? We spend our time wishing we were young again, wishing that our bodies didn't ache, wishing that our bodies weren't shaped like a potato, right? We wish and we wait for back then to come back around again. But life truly is all about waiting, is it not? It really is. There's no way around it. We all wait. And so the question is not, not will you wait? The question is, how will you wait? Will you wait well? Simeon. He waited his entire life. He had a promised 
directly, personally given to him that he would see the Messiah before he died. He banked on this thing, this promise to come true, and he waited and he waited, and he had hoped that all his waiting would be worth it. I relate to that. Maybe you relate to that. Because we're all waiting for something. We're kind of wishing for something. This promise to come true. It could be a promise in your case, love of a relationship, of a marriage. Maybe you're in a marriage and you're, you're waiting for the promise for the marriage that you made on your wedding day to come true, to come back around again. Maybe it's the promise of a family or kids or children or maybe just one baby. Maybe that's the promise you're waiting on. Maybe it's financial stability. Maybe it's healing. You have prayed and you have prayed and you have trusted and you have waited for God to respond and you're just waiting for that symptom, that, 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 that feedback from the doctor to just vanish and to go away. Or maybe it's the promise that stress would not overtake you and that you could just have two good days in a row, just two. We believe that God made a promise but what we want is the payoff. If we're honest, that's what we want. And in some way, we're all waiting for our ship to come in. In some way, we're all waiting for our big moment, for our big break, the moment when the fog lifts suddenly and all of a sudden standing before us is the long-awaited payoff. But in between the promise and in between the payoff is this thing called the process. And though it is painful, the process is actually the point. Between the promise and the payoff, the long-awaited payoff, there is the process of waiting. And so what are we supposed to do while we wait for God to come through? I think it's simple. Hope. We're supposed to hold on to hope. That's what we're supposed to do. We're all gonna wait, no matter what in our lives. We can either wait with apprehension or we can wait with anticipation, like Simeon did. Look at what it says in Luke. It says he was righteous and devout and was eagerly, hopefully, waiting for the Messiah. Simeon held on to hope, and I think we could too. We really could. We could make it if we just didn't have to wait so long. And for some of you, you might be here and you're exhausted. You're like, I can't wait anymore. I am sick of waiting. And maybe some of you have thrown in the towel. I am done. I can't wait on God to come through any longer. I've prayed. I've heard nothing. I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. If that is you or you're in that camp, I just want to say, hold on. Hang in there. Truly hang in there. Hope is on the horizon. If God is involved, hope is on the horizon. Truly it is because God is about to come through for you. We all hope that we live long enough to see the promise come true. We hope that one day our ship will come in. But what if our ship came in 2,000 years ago when God decided to come to earth in the form of a baby in a manger? We're all waiting for our big break, but what if our big break came 
2,000 years ago when God decided that he wanted to be Emmanuel, God with us. It is the most odd and unpredictable way to save the world. And yet, only God could have thought of something so strange. Throughout history, there are many babies that were born to mothers that would eventually ascend to the throne to become a king. But there is only one king that actually in all of history left his throne and descended to earth to become a baby. And that is amazing. Isn't it amazing how God flips everything and surprises us by keeping his promises? When Simeon spoke to Mary, he spoke prophetically. He said this, he said, a sword will pierce your very soul. And just like a sword pierced metaphorically the soul of Mary, Eventually, three nails, rusty nails, would pierce the hands and feet of Jesus, Mary's son. What's crazy is Mary is the only human, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, she's the only human that was present at Jesus' birth, crucifixion, and resurrection. But we are able to be present in this moment and meet Jesus as well. He's not a baby anymore. He has grown up. He is a king, and he is a king that is worthy of our worship. He is a king that is worthy of our praise. He is a king that is worthy of our very lives. And in Simeon, we see a promise come true, where Simeon, before he died, was able to take the Christ, the Messiah, in his hands and hold him. But we are able to take Christ into our hearts and then we never have to see spiritual death. Yes, we will all die someday, but God's promise is if we're born again, we'll never taste eternal death. Guys, that's the invitation. That is the invitation that God is offering to us. He's not just offering us a better life here and now and that you'll be able to get through your day tomorrow and maybe next week. He's offering you life for eternity. And not just life for eternity where you get to walk on streets of gold in a place called heaven. Hope is found not just in the place we get to go to, but hope is found in the person that Simeon waited to see his entire life. It is Jesus Christ himself. And the good news is you have waited long enough and you do not have to wait anymore. Your ship has come in. Hope is here because Jesus is here. And right now he is speaking and he is telling you that he loves you. And he is offering you an opportunity not to take him as a baby, but to take him as your savior inside of your life. It's crazy, it's the greatest gift exchange that there ever was. I don't really like the gift exchange, right? You always leave with, you come in, you bring junk, and then you leave with junk. Imagine if a gift exchange with Jesus was like, this is what it is. You bring your junk in a package, however you wanna put it, and he hands you back another gift. You give him your sin, you give him your shame, you give him your pain, and what does he offer back to you? Life eternal the best life possible, life to the full. And you can receive that right now, right here. There's no better way, no better day than Christmas. And so would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads in this moment? 
God is just as real as he was 2,000 years ago today. And if you keep your eyes closed and and if you're here and you feel like you need to give your life to Jesus, today is the day. You're tired of waiting and you don't have to wait any longer. Your ship has come in in the form of a child. All you have to do is put your trust in Jesus. All you have to do is receive him by faith. You simply need to ask him to help you. And it doesn't matter, friends, how many times you've messed up. We've all done it over and over and over again, but that's the beauty of Jesus. And if the God who drew Simeon is now drawing you to the place of salvation, I would love you to pray this prayer in your heart. You don't need to say a word. I won't ask you to stand up. I won't ask you to come forward. Just pray this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I know that you are the promise fulfilled. And Lord, I ask you to come in and I receive you by faith. I want to begin a relationship with you. Take me as I am. Take, take this gift and exchange it. Change me. Make me into something new. You have kept your promise, Jesus. You truly have. And because of that, now I'm all yours. This is my life. I give it to you. Do as you will, Lord. I trust you. And thank you for coming to give me hope. Not just hope for today. Not just hope for tomorrow, but hope for eternity. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. What I'd like to do is I'd actually like to conclude with the words that Simeon spoke. When he took Jesus in his arms, he held him as a baby, and he spoke prophetically to Mary and to Joseph. And so I would love to conclude our time with the words that he said. Here's what he said. He said, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which, have, which you have prepared for all people. And here's the part I want you to catch. He, Jesus, the baby he's holding is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Friends, Jesus is the light of the world and he is the wonder of Christmas. And when he was born, his light, God's light flooded into this dark world. And whether you said yes to Jesus for the first time today or you are saying yes again, you need to know that when you do that, it also says we carry the light of the world because we carry him with us. And so tonight, to symbolize that light, what I'd like to do is we'd like to light some candles. And so just a little bit of warning, you got candles underneath your seats. And as you grab them, I'll give you a little warning here. Please be careful, because this is fire. And it could burn, it's flammable. In fact, in Texas, they're not even allowed to do this ceremony anymore because of all the hairspray that they use. 
But as this light goes through, may it serve as a reminder of the good news, the great news of Jesus Christ. That he gave us a promise, God did, and then he fulfilled that promise. May it serve as a reminder as you see the light go across this room that there is hope because a baby came in a manger. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand and we'll continue to sing.